0: You may have heard the whispers of guardians gathering in the shadows, exploring the mysteries of this world and the worlds which surround us. We are all in search of truth. Sometimes we need to focus that search, focus that fire. And so we come together. Join us. Join the discussion. Welcome to Focused Fire Chat. Welcome back for episode 135 of Focus Fire Chat, recorded live on June 22nd over on Twitch.tv slash Chat. As always, want to give a big shout out to our live chat here with us tonight. Thank you so much for joining us once again. Our topic for tonight's episode is going to be a look at Ares One. But first, let's run through a quick introduction of those on the show for tonight. As always, this is your host Blue Crew eighty six. We also have the man who has been said has the voice of a flower, the individual who goes by many names, Justin Saint oh five one six. What guys do you have on for us tonight, Justin?
1: Uh, Gary's one. So this is my one show. I'm going to try to stay up.
2: Oh man, <laughs> there was multi levels to that naming.
1: Apparently, in in uh, the parlance of comedy, that's referred to as a reach. <laughs> <laughs> one might say a halo. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Next up, we have our own master of social media, the one and only Green Eye Music Lover, Green. Hope you're doing well. How's the week treated you so far?
2: It's been a. It's been a good week. It's been. Yeah, it, that's just. Stop there. It's been a good week. We'll just stop there. And I've had anyway. anyway. Beard, your turn. <laughs> oh. Great introduction, Green. Let's move on to Beard.
0: Oh. <laughs> so rounding out the usual team, we have the grizzly bearded cultivator of spin foil himself. Beard Grizzly. Beard, how are you doing
1: tonight? Oh, no, introduced twice over what do i bestow <laughs> this honor upon myself for uh i'm doing pretty good uh my voice is actually killing me as i was just actually on uh the dtr podcast earlier uh so it has basically been a, a wham bam tonight between talking with you chuckleheads and then also talking with those chuckleheads so yeah you're just trying to get all the podcast in I'm gonna say at this point I'm just gonna be on like all of them because I've had like so many invites at this point. So uh, <laughs> should, uh y'all should uh, start feeling uh, you know, kinda kinda so threatened. The, I might just so that uh, second kind of channel.
2: So these are all gonna be put on your second channel, right? <laughs> oh Jesus ah! So actually I didn't finish that story
1: earlier. So in 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 pre-show we were talking about stuff with uh, with Twitch and whatnot, and I realized earlier tonight. This is really quick uh, that I never in like the year or and a half or so that I've had it now. I have never changed my Twitch channel's logo to my updated YouTube one and my banner too. I never changed those either. So good on me for being good at this whole social media and and community thing on a platform that I still don't really use because it's Twitch and when do I get the time to stream.
0: Right. Well hey, Beard, it, you're not gonna be able to take the number one lore spot from Island if you if you don't uh don't get that stuff well, synchronized.
1: I mean, let's be honest, I'm not gonna be able to take it from him anyway mm-hmm. because guess what? He's not gonna be at Guardian Con. You know what that means? I gotta take the number two spot from Bife. I gotta
2: work <laughs> myself up the ladder <laughs> Well and finally,
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, finish man, that with a straight face. I'm oh sorry. my god. Ah! So,
0: finally, once again, in the hot seat as guest co host, we have our dear friend Purple Chimera. Purple, how are you doing tonight?
3: <laughs> I'm doing better now that I'm here. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, you know, they're the little ones, little ones always love messing with uh, schedules, right?
3: They're gonna kill me. I'm like. It's it's the middle of the night for you. You went to sleep at seven thirty. <laughs> Why are you awake?
0: <laughs> because this mom,
3: is, because mom, you're scheduled schedule,
0: are scheduled to do something, and I need to interfere with that. Like that is my prerogative <laughs> as a as I a little girl. I need to light. lay
3: in bed and kick you in the knee. No, <laughs> yes. we're not yes. playing that game. tend to go to sleep now. I used no. to
1: be a great adventurer, and then I took a baby in the knee. <laughs> 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 i'm sorry i'm all about the memes tonight apparently
0: <laughs> i
2: like it i, I approve
0: <laughs> so last week we asked the community what do you really think happened to Evie?" i don't know there's n- there's not really a way to segue laughter into this question at all um I mean, no, you can always you-
1: talk about the weapon to surpass metal gear or yeah
0: like that.
2: i'm uh, sorry
0: so what do you think really happened to evie uh, the responses are in, and I'm th- going to hand it over to Green for that one.
2: So, we okay. Consensus is everyone thinks Resputin killed him, even though Resputin has not been confirmed as said R, mm-hmm. person named R. But well, that thing, was like the mid major- right? Because the AI in development. But I've had, let's see here. Alexander One said, Personally, I feel she was pushed down the stairs, but it seemed a little more suspicious. She was trying to show irregularities in the RAI, so I feel that R is maybe responsible as well, causing something to happen in just the right way, as simple as a liquid spill. And there were a few others. I did have some more creative ones, like um, from Baby Ryan I May, which kind of made me giggle. Aldrin did it. It was all him. JK was just <laughs> So, consensus right, is...
0: We want Aldrin they, back, not like this! Not like this! Yeah.
2: <laughs> Talking about before show stuff, for sure. Oh my goodness, tonight yeah, it's, is
1: gonna be a night.
2: It is, it is. But most people think uh, Mia Hailova or however you would say it. I'm not very good with my Russian, so I'm sorry for no. anybody who's a Russian listener. She, they say either she did it, or Rasputin did it. And most people are pointing to Rasputin keeping Mia out of it. Miha.
1: You yeah. want the spin foil answer?
2: We'll get to the spin foil answer, sir, when we get to that card.
1: Oh, I know. <laughs> and it's going to be a good one.
2: Yeah. I'm excited.
1: I so, would hope you are, considering you had a hand in it.
2: I did.
1: <laughs> well...
0: So as always, we love hearing, we love seeing the feedback from that. And also from the top three series that we kind of launched last week, the The feedback mm-hmm. has been really good for those. So love seeing that. Um, this week, the question to the community, did we, did we finalize the form of this question? <laughs> cause I know we were kind of going back and forth on this one.
2: Cause we were talking about, cause next week's topic is about exos hmm. and to, Something that was brought up in kind of our personal chat from both Purple and Beard was bringing up Fellwinter in particular, mm-hmm. and which makes me think, okay, Fellwinter and Ashraven don't have numbers assigned to their name because is that really their name? Essentially, is kind of the mm-hmm. the bit. But if that is really their name, what what could be a reason why they don't have a number or something like that? I well,
0: we know that Ashraven took the name Ashraven when she joined right. the the Iron Lords. So I and and that's kind of I think cuz she was kind of the one that we had always kind of had that question or or I had always had that question and she kind of confirmed that the Iron Lords, I guess their title or their name wasn't necessarily mm-hmm. their name, which kind of begs the question, right. I mean, did any do we know any of the actual Iron Lords names Saladin? at this point? Well, I mean, but I mean, is that you know, is that just or an is it salad a bin? Salad salad head? Um, salad bin. Salad bin works salad as well. hands. No, 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 <laughs> no, uh uh-uh. uh. No. No, you're the worst no. here, man. Come <laughs> no. on. I'm sorry.
1: Don't, do not (laughs) Google search that. Do not.
0: There are
3: several
1: things that I will tell you not to Google search. You're gonna do it anyway. I already understand that. But do not, for the love of God, do that.
2: Number one is snake boop. <laughs> Don't look up- at <laughs> nice snake Oh my god. Oh, <laughs> uh, we are silly o'clock tonight.
1: Uh, oh yeah, I'm going to say what time is it silly o'clock. Yep, oh. we're done. Moving on. I mean like I I think
0: that's I think that's a fine one cuz cause the cuz cause the, from uh the question about the reset since collapse, right? Is that how yeah. we got there?
2: That wasn't like another one like are there any resets since the collapse? Or mm-hmm. have they always been at whatever number they are?
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Which there are a few threads, if you know your vendors in particular, mm-hmm. that could point to that there may have been resets since the collapse. Yeah, I cause... like that one,
3: but that's just me. Right. Okay, but here's the another thing with the whole like Iron Lord's name issue. Are so we we have Fellwinter, who's an EXO. We have Ashraven. We have Cade. Mm-hmm. Are the there Cade. other? Oh, yeah. mm, hold on. Okay. Are there other guardians that? Uh, um, same Four, fourteen. That are EXO. What I'm, my point is. There's not many EXO uh, guardians. We know that Cade's name, like. Fellwinter doesn't know what his name is. He says his name is in Fellwinter, but he can't remember what it is. Right. And like, is that a guardian thing, or is like that an exO thing?
0: Well, and I think we kind of have the answer to that, too, um, because with Cage Journal. Um, there's a mention that the light scrambles things differently with the exos. And then also there is, oh gosh, I just blanked. There's a set of armor from destiny one or no, it's a bond. It's a, um, it's a warlock bond from destiny one that calls out exo guardians are, or exo warlocks are especially interested in the study of light as it's very similar to their, their study of their past and so there's there is a con, uh, a uh, convergence of that kind of question i guess or that kind of topic because we don't know it seems that the exo guardians actually might actually have more memory of the past than regular guardians than are well, human by, and awoken
1: guardians by by some accounts of course too they would possibly have more just based on The the reason that this is so interesting is because of that reason that Blue just mentioned. Like, if they have locked away memories or otherwise that we can access, then that would mean that an EXO has more prerogative to, to like, latch into what previous resets were about. Uh, And as a computer, they would have means to do so. Like, yes, it's a biological computer, but it is still, to all intents and purposes, still a computer to, to a lot of mention. Uh, but there's... I, I would definitely reference some of this stuff with, like, Fellwinter, especially recently. Uh, I will give that one hint now. I will also give uh, thought towards, like, Cage Journal. Uh, and if you're looking for anything else, double-check into, like, Warlock Thanatonautics, uh as well as also some of the other Exo uh, cards besides. Uh, there's a lot of juicy bits in there that have actually been called back. Uh, in addition to some of the stuff we talked about last week on the Fry
2: Show. Mm. So are we going to boil the question down to what? Because we're, we're referencing I'd almost, a lot I, of things.
0: Well, I'd almost be curious. Are the Exo Guardians the only ones that outside of Warlocks can do Thanatonautics? Do is that...
2: Like have ability to uh, access prior... Because we know from... Prior uh, Risen accounts. Right, because we know
0: this... XO2 that he's not a Thanatonaut, mm-hmm. and he's right. doing what Thanatonauts mm-hmm.
2: do. Well, right. yeah, the shooting himself in the head. Mm-hmm. Go stand by for, for... Yeah. what is it was
1: the Banshee face laser card. And the question <laughs> is does Ghost actually do anything with it? Mm. Well, mm-hmm. that starts so... getting into some uh, other curious.
2: I'm going to shut up before I keep talking. So, do. Exo Guardians have, or, well, how would how would you phrase that? Do Exo Guardians have more access to prior risen memories than other Guardians?
1: That's about as well as I could think to word that. Yeah, I would. Uh, I I would maybe maybe let's sum it up more. How, uh, what kind of memories? Does an exO hat
2: okay is it I... just
1: is it just laced towards like the stuff that is carried over from the human sense or is there more that is latched in prior with the collapse etc and even then, how about dead XO can we access them in any way? can we power them back on in any way? Uh, mm. those are are just additional logs that I think could kind of tie back into everything. There's some extra food for thought for you
2: yeah. Sounds good. Are we ready to do some lost luring?
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Alright, well, so, as usual, weigh in on that, and then let's jump through a really quick intro, and we'll get right to it. In our last episode of Focus Fire Chat, we discussed the Fry Files. If you ever miss an episode and would like to catch up, please be sure to check out FocusFireChat.com for archives, articles, and links to the other aspects of Focus Fire Chat. If you don't mind, please rate and, if you can, review the show on iTunes, Podbean, or whichever podcasting app you use to enjoy podcasts. Reviews are extremely helpful as they not only let us know what we can do better, but help us stay up on the charts, which helps others find our amazing community. To those of you who have already taken the time to leave us a review, thank you once again. As many of you already know, Focus Fire Chat is a cross-community gathering, where the intent is to offer a week-long, in-depth view of a particular subject from within the lore of Destiny and other games. This chat begins every Tuesday morning and runs until the following Tuesday, with topics decided by the group via a poll that begins every Friday and ends on the Tuesday morning of the new chat. Every Friday, at around 10pm Central, we get together to stream a high-level summary of the previous week's chat for those who are unable to participate. Please be sure to also give some support to the other podcasts in the Guardian Radio Network, links of which can be found in our show notes or on our website. If you're a fan of lore in all its various forms, be sure to also check out thelorenetwork.com, where you can find a wide variety of some amazing content covering a number of different titles and mediums. Our next chat is going to be a discussion on the updates concerning Exos. Please note that there will not be a poll this weekend, as we are going to set aside next week's discussion for a summarization of the extra lore content. With all that being said, here's Green with a high level summary of tonight's topic.
2: Log number 011287. I find myself recording this not for any posterity or scientific record, but just as a way to try and fall asleep. It would appear as though this is the only way I can purge the cyclical thoughts that have thus far prevented me from a restful night. Ironically, Hardy was also known for his journaling. It even became somewhat of a religious text for those Moon X cults that sprung up before the Ares One mission. Oh gosh, it's been years since that first encounter, and I was only a child at the time. Now, by the old standards, I should be senile and descending into madness with age. Yet here I am. Even Hardy still survives. A 99-year-old man who seems to be untouched by time cognitively. The team that walked into a rising wind. Infamous words that Hardy himself would later admit was a gaffe. Hmm. Indeed. A loss of human self-sufficiency. Oh, how history has shown us that this is said about every significant technological advancement. Huge leaps in technology tends to lead to, well, the thing that has me worried. Tragedy. Immense tragedy. In the 20th century, through mathematical breakthroughs that would be child's play today, we managed to utterly destroy two major cities. I mean, lay them flat. I'm afraid of what is to come. I'm afraid of what has already passed. There was a cost in gaining access to this thing. What cost have we yet to pay for the greatest era of human achievement? Logging off.
0: Before we jump into the information and thoughts that the community had about Ares 1, however, let's take a quick... Before we jump into the information and thoughts that the community had about Ares 1, however, let's have a quick chat About this week's Lost Lore. All right, so. I think for Lost Lore, we should really probably touch back on some of the old grimoire from Destiny 1, which, you know, I know everyone really wants to go back there, but, um, all the way to
2: the beginning. All the way to the
0: beginning. Actually, I think this one is actually all the way to the beginning. Yeah, Ghost Fragment. It's Ghost Fragment Humans. Yeah. Yeah. So this was this this is the series that is called Ghost Fragment Human. Uh big big shout to Ishtar if you want to go look at this in order. Um, and this spans all the way from vanilla. Um I think actually the first four were from Vanilla. Mm-hmm. And then we got yes. the last one, which is actually my favorite one. Uh we got that one in Taken King. Um and it's and actually the last one is the only is the one that kind of almost deviates from the first four which the first four are tied directly into Ares one as they were from the diaries of hardy who is the pilot um mm-hmm. green and beard i know you guys are kind of the ones that have really kind of dove into this particular this particular week's topic so i'm going to kind of actually give it over to one of you green do you want to take it
2: sure um, I'm going to be
1: talking a lot, so yeah. I know. Well, that's okay.
0: that's why I was trying to be nice about saving, it, Beard.
2: Saving Beard's throat for a little bit later when he's really going to need it. Oh uh, so, Ghost Fragment <laughs> Human. That is After Dark Show material, <laughs> sir. Do not go there.
3: <laughs> Speaking
2: <laughs> of which, <laughs> if you ever wonder if the Focus Fair Chat family gets a little crazy. We do. You have to be in live chat to hear it. So stay after, or come and listen to live chat and stay after the podcast. Things get a little wonky. <coughs> Fun fact. Um, so, Ghost Frag- Fragment Human. It c- takes place before the Ares One mission. It li- There's some tidbits in here saying like, hey, the crew of three. M- Mia Halova, Gao, and himself. So, That immediately draws my attention. Like, if we're looking at the newer cards or the newer items, item lore tabs, they mention four people. This one mentions three. Mm -hmm. Um, It talks about press conferences, and he's really just talking about like the excitement of going. It's not. There's not a whole lot in the card as far as like material. Mm -hmm. Then we get to Ghost Fragment Number Two, which talks about the the actual mission itself and descending into the mission. And it gives us an idea of what they went, in, what they went through to get there and the kind of the intensity of it, because they're on Mars. There's a 20 minute round trip light speed delay for any sort of relay. So mission control couldn't help them. They had to actually do everything on their own to, to lay, uh, land the Rover or not even the Rover, the shuttle. Mm-hmm. Not even the pod, whatever we're going to call it. L- landing
1: they, craft by all technicalities. Yeah, yeah they,
2: exactly. Yeah, they end up... Ha, they have to abandon a couple different spots and bring it in on their own. Hmm. Um, kind of the line that sticks out to me in this one, besides the we're walking to, into a rising wind, which is the line I referenced in the summary, is the Kiao brought us in, Lova brought us in, I just flew the ship. So that also pulls up some questions because in the newer cards Kiao is more the he's a pilot-esque type thing like he's doing the calculations is that what what he's doing cuz there's some So slight yeah. miscommunication going on with that one.
1: Ch- chow's a, a navigator, uh, Hardy's the pilot and Valley lova as we now know is an engineer. Uh and she's basically just there to like work on everything. She was the one that ended up uh, kind of tying in that uh, I think it was Engine 3, if memory serves, without Mm -hmm. looking at the card, uh, that went critical, went out, etc. He was the one that was basically in charge of looking over that, along with, as we now know, a couple other things, which we'll get to. Uh, But Chow's whole main thing was just being a a navigator and figuring what the best point of entry would be for Mars, especially with uh, the Traveler's influence already uh, having an effect on the atmosphere and so on, it made entry very difficult, uh, which again, we'll kind of get to a little bit further here. But that's the the main idea between their roles, you could see.
2: Yeah, for sure. Then when we get to Ghost Fragment Human 3, which also talks about the, the landing and the, the walk, essentially. Mm-hmm. The most notable thing in this is they talk about probably two different things. The the fact that you, you've you watched it, everything was recorded, I think you can get it in full immersion now. That, that point, that phrase right there, I think you can get it in full immersion now and fly around like a hummingbird. That stands out to me because there was that huge theory for such a long time saying that all the different camera angles and all the different things that you get in that first cutscene in Destiny 1 was multiple timelines. This kind of... Help settle that in the fact that there are different perspectives. And this acknowledges yes, you can see different perspectives. Still Mm -hmm. don't know exactly how they got that, but you can get the full immersion version of it, which we may have been watching that at the beginning of D1. Second point with this one talking about um, using rifles, walking with rifles, and the cognitive um, changes that happen to them being in the terraforming winds or whatever the traveler was actually doing at the time to help quote unquote terraform or at least not make it habitable to where it has an atmosphere that we can survive in I guess Mm. is the best way to say it because we're it's not really a garden planet by any stretch of the imagination Mars, except for one point which that's a whole nother conversation
1: it's a whole different ball of wax
2: yeah for sure But the, uh, that, talking about terraforming, the fact that it's changed them, whether it's actually physically changed them or just given them the, I guess, the carrot on the end of the stick to go and chase. that's That's that card.
1: Yeah.
2: Human four, which. It talks about them on the final cut scene or final part of that cutscene where you see them walking to the traveler. They're standing on the ridge and right before it cuts to the, I'm trying to think of what it's called, the navigator screen.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: It's that image right there where you see the three of them standing, just staring at them with the air swooping down and everything. And the, this question right here is kind of what, it's inspired the whole s- summary at the beginning is the end of an era the end of human self self-sufficiency and ha- this is just Hardy reflecting on that whether or not he he thinks it changes it he doesn't he doesn't know if it changed just for the better or for the worse but he does know it changed mm-hmm. things changed at that point um, he's well, had decades I... he's had five decades at by the way this I'm one does give us a least. timeline.
1: I, uh, I I also kinda picked up on a couple things that kinda seem to seem to play a little bit more towards like some of the background on Earth, like pre traveler age as well. Because that's basically what we're talking about almost all of tonight. Like that's the, the largest thing about these Ares One cards is that they go and establish quite a bit more than just the Ares-1 crew. They also establish what's happening on Earth. Mm -hmm. And one of the first occasions of this is in Humans 4, where it does feel like not everyone was okay with what was going on with the Traveler. And again, we do see that even with one of the crew. Uh, I also had thoughts that, and granted this was also my mind when I had uh, first started writing my books, and I'm kind of seeing that as I'm... Uh, leafing through them a little bit here and there. Uh, I compared a lot of stuff to Efrideet with Mm -hmm. good reason. And one of the major things, though, that kind of like spoke to me out of this was that Hardy was utilizing light in different measures other than weaponry. And for the good majority of the Golden Age, that seemed to be the case. So for me, I always had kind of a side thought, if nothing else, that Efrideet had found some of these accounts or the pacifist group had found uh, some of these accounts and were able to utilize some of that uh, capability to utilize light in different measures and manners and use it in more pacifistic measures. Uh, measure. Mm-hmm. So for me that was another thing that I that I kind of took from those cards. They're they're extremely powerful cards because they are. for the good majority of Destiny's Grimoire, we don't have a lot of stuff that really looks back towards like pre uh, pre-Golden Age. Like we get very, very small bits and pieces. Otherwise, the large majority of the stuff that we get is all Golden Age relevant, uh, or it's all post-collapse. So in in that respect, that's why these cards are as powerful as they are, and why we've been asking for something to expand upon them even further. Uh, and that's really what we get with the with the new stuff. But before I, I get too far down that tangent, I didn't know if you had anything else, Green. Uh, the
2: only thing I had was uh, with the reference to the first four human uh, Ghost again. Human 1 through 4 it all except for the very first one are part of his journal that happens after the fact mm-hmm. so most of the cards we're going to be talking about tonight in the bulk of our thing are things that happened before Yeah. at least as far as the timeline goes but these cards actually are reflecting back on the actual events Ghost Fragment Five is just a I know Blue really likes this one. I am I have mixed feelings about this one. Blue, what do you think? Ghost um, Fragment Human Five
0: I, I really like it because uh I, I just like the the kind of the the tone of it. You know, like I, I just, I really kind of like the direction that these, because this wasn't the only card that got added. Uh, Ghost fragment. Uh, oh, there was, there was one card for each race given. Yeah. Uh, in the Taken King, the Exo one is also another one that I absolutely love. Um, the Awoken, the Awoken one wasn't. It wasn't like it wasn't bad. It's just it wasn't my favorite of the three. Uh, actually, that my favorite is actually the Exo one but the human one it's just that it's that that fascination with hope that really draws me into destiny uh this is kind of putting in putting that entire feeling into words um and it's just the way that it describes it is such a uh unique description like it it talks about hope churning beneath the skin you know assuring there was a place besides you know and and just like that the entire concept of hope in the face of like all this chaos and and uh the collapse basically um but it, it definitely it definitely does not strike me as a part of the aries story at all like um
2: right that's what which, i was gonna ask you it's like do you feel this is i this mean actually has any reference to the the Ares one story because uh, i mean like five could, ghost fragment humans this is the only, only one, one that doesn't
0: yeah, I, I mean, like you could you could go into a bit of uh, spin foil and say like this could have been one because well throughout the entire thing, um, it is never referenced who this is that's speaking, um, right. and we know that Hardy was pretty obsessed with hope. Uh, he was very mm-hmm. he was a very hopeful individual. So I mean, I've seen some theories out there that this is actually Hardy himself. Um, you know, and and I. I can't say it's not. Uh, I, I don't think it is, but given that we really don't have, you know, an established timeline, I, I can't tell you that. Um,
2: what's, what's interesting with this card, though, is it feels if this is Hardy, this is somebody who is struggling to remember the Traveler, struggling to remember mm-hmm. aspects. All he has is the he knows these, um, the conviction
0: well, he's not struggling he's not struggling to remember the traveler, he's struggling to remember um uh where it promised. So uh he cuz he says I don't know something has stolen my words, the imagery, but I still remember what it promised us, the universe right. creation so held this, in our hands, but I was here for a reason and what and and so I'm almost like if sounds if like a this Uh, it does. It also sounds like if this is hardy, maybe these are the after effects of a human living three times as long as they're supposed to live. You know, I mean, there might be a limit to where, um, how, how the, how long the brain can actually, even with light, hold up. There's a lot of different possibilities. I mean, this could be one of the, you know, well, it's not an exo. I'm pretty sure, um, I mean, it could be an early version of the speaker. Uh, I know there's been a few connections between Hardy and the speaker, Uh, Mm -hmm. you know, and and again, I I mean, it it's all supposition, uh, you know, and it's right. So what I know is not supposition is the tone of the card, and that's that's really where like my fascination with this this trilogy of cards comes from is the hopefulness, and then like this kind of like. this echoing bitterness that's just kind of whispering in the background it's like it's hope but it's not it's not pure hope it's like this hollowed hope um which is a it's, it's just i don't know i i find that that is like one of the most interesting dichotomies and in stories are the people who who really should have no hope but are like forcing themselves to hope or like are trying to you know trying to find that that's to me is what makes for a really interesting story so, I don't know if that answers and, anything, <laughs> but I mean that—that's why right. I'm kind of interested in it.
1: And and to be fair, like you have to—I would say you almost have to read like the final card of each race as well to, mm-hmm. I feel, put it in perspective. Because mm-hmm. for me, oh, I follow yeah. a a a common theory I think that's out there to say that if you chose a human, an exo, and a woken, these are your guardians waking up and feeling. Uh, these these uh, feelings as they do wake up. That that was uh, kind of, so... yeah,
0: I agree that that kind of felt like that was the intent. Um, yeah. And I don't know if it is by any, I mean, like, I, I don't have any, you know, confirmation on that, but I, I definitely mm-hmm. know that that's, that I have thought that as well.
1: Right. Mm-hmm. It's, it, and obviously, of course, we're putting in a lot of theories on just one card, but that's, again, to, to kind of show the power that these cards held. Uh, mm-hmm. And just to show how important this one in particular, especially, uh, kind of turned into for the sake of uh, storytelling aspects towards our guardians or or otherwise. Like there were, there were so many things that that in bits and pieces that all of a sudden you read one through four, and then all of a sudden you get to five, and it's this disconjoined feeling from what you're already used to. Uh, with the with the other humans cards, and it's just a it's a very powerful disconnect because all of a sudden you're thrown from one world to the next, and realistically that's kind of what happens because you're going from pre golden age era now all of a sudden to post collapse where you very well are being resurrected by uh, your ghost. So
3: mm. I, and the, to
1: and... me that's always been like really powerful imagery.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and the other thing pins actually brought it up pins I, pins said it a lot more succinctly than I was saying it but he he brought up the other point is in destiny one one of the most predominant and important underlying themes of the entire game was hope um Mm -hmm. and and that was like you know i mean that everyone who was on the production team and every you know chris barrett was very big on this is this is the difference i mean and if you played you know if you played early destiny and then played like division for example i don't I, i mean i'm not trying to Say one's the better, uh, but the the sense of the games were drastically different. The tone of the story was drastically different. Division was kind of it, it wasn't necessarily hopeless. It was a lot grittier. Um, it's actually personally, it, you know, personally that's actually why I didn't play the division really um, was because I didn't I didn't really like the the feel of the story. Um, whereas Destiny was all about like this um, this faith in in something better. Like it it's not here, we're not in, you know, it's it's the whole the whole uh uh Winston Churchill quote, you know, if you're going through hell, keep going. It's kind of the sense that I always had with Destiny. And then, you know, with excuse me. With Age of Triumph, we kind of saw that culmination of that whole thing and of course in Destiny 2, it kind of kind of resets the cycle. But that's the other thing for me that this card really kind of Kind of brings to a head is that that importance of hope within the overall story. But that's that's all I got.
1: Yeah, that's yeah, honestly the best way to kind of I think sum it up. To be honest, and mm-hmm. I, I know that that also led to some other theories about like the speaker being right. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, And there's oh my gosh, rail, there's there's so way. many theories about about Ares. Mm-hmm. Like Aries one, and, and to be fair, for the longest time to kind of kind of jump into that you know to kind of use that as a segue too. for the longest time this was almost all we had i i mean this was like the, really the only thing that we had that had a lot of meat on it for about aries one we had we had a few clips yeah. and we had i, th- I want to say we had a few flavor texts i'm not mm-hmm. remembering completely um but i mean what i remember about aries one from destiny one is these four cards like this was yep. this was literally it
1: well, and this is also the absolute beginning. Uh, and again, I think that's the reason that everybody wanted to make sure that uh, this story was uh, extremely, like the, the base of it was, was told well, that we had uh, plenty to go by and so on, which led to some, uh, especially with like the alternate timeline or VEX simulation bits going on,
3: mm-hmm. uh,
1: led to, as, as you guys kind of know as well, uh, some some breakdowns even on my end, just like losing my mind trying to think this stuff through. Um, but before I get into that, is there is there anything else that we wanted to add on on like the
3: on those cards?
1: cards? Yeah, because I feel like I'll reference them a little bit as we go along Probably. anyway. But you know, Cause... yeah.
0: Well, and I think they give perspective too to what will be referenced later as well
1: they they really do
0: i mean it's almost it's almost like they're relevant to the game yeah
1: what sorry sarcasm might have
0: shown a little bit through that one Um, i didn't
1: know grimoire could do that (laughs) (laughs) much
2: less yeah um
0: I, i guess the other the other kind of to segue into the the really meaty topic you know is we usually try to do a quick summary um and I don't know, Green, if you want to wrap up the Lost Lore segment with that kind of leading into the Ares one. And then we'll just kind of let Beard go and okay. we'll come back and check on him in about three hours.
2: No, i will be there <laughs> with him. i help him. I, I won't abandon people. you, Beard. Okay. <sighs> Summary of the... I'm really going to just focus on the Ghost Fragment Human 1 through 4 because those are the ones that directly tie into Ares 1. Human five will say if it does reference it, it isn't more of a um, a look at what the hope of a guardian and having faith and tying into the whole theme of destiny. But ghost fragment one through four are a combination of before mission and mostly after mission accounts by Jacob Hardy in his journals about what happened. The feelings, some some hardline facts, um, Some we get some uh, time frame based on it. Uh, one of the things is that one of the cards is written 50 years after the fact, yet he's recounting it and mm-hmm. still feeling very hopeful and bright about the whole thing, not super, super bitter about it. There's a little bit of jadedness, but that is kind of what humanity became within those 50 years after the Traveler set in. Uh, we have a confirmation of the three man team at that point at that point in d one, but it is a good baseline to feelings as if you were reading an astronaut's log after they go on the mission. This is what I would imagine if I were to read um buzz Buzz's mm-hmm. logs after his moon missions. What that would look like is just the feelings, and it's very similar in that kind of tone and demeanor. Absolutely. So, getting into the meat of the the podcast, which just sounds really funny because we're already a ways into it. I
1: was gonna say,
2: we had some new items pop up at the release of season three with Warmind. Mm-hmm. Uh, 15 items related directly to the original three, or I would say the three that were on Mars that first met the Traveler, Yao, Mia Halova, and Jacob Hardy. And these 15 items have lore tabs, and they are very interesting. If you try to read them in order, you're going to be slightly confused at points. Because of the way they read, if you're reading them in quote-unquote chronological order, things don't line up the way they should.
1: No. And that's actually what I wanted to do first. I had a, uh, so some of you may have seen either a community post on my end or my Twitter feed at one point where I was basically having an existential crisis over the fact that some of these cards read completely weird. Uh, mm-hmm. And I actually figured out a way that I feel that summarizes uh, my feelings on these pretty well. Uh, it comes down to a little a little bit of writing inconsistency that needs to be kind of panned out on Bungie's part. Uh, but there is uh, once you figure out what's going on, it starts to make a lot more sense. Uh, additionally, it will it will kind of show as we go along with each card almost in order. Uh, I will say, uh, to, to put a little advertising on my end, I guess, shameless plug here, mm-hmm. if you want to listen to me ramble for 46 minutes straight of my own, which is probably going to happen pretty close to here as well, I read every single uh, lore entry over on my channel uh, and react to them on my own. So the also, difference here that you will I'm... get is some input back from everybody that's listening besides that I get to sit and
2: interact with. Totally unscripted, that that episode. The only thing he's reading are the cards. Additionally, I, I, of course, have my books, so there
1: are a couple things that I read through on there, uh, which actually segues into what I'm going to read now. This is my uh, overall segment that basically uh, talks about uh, how these cards need to be interpreted at spots. So bear with me as I read this little long Originally, these cards read as completely out of order and very hard to distinguish timestamps or otherwise. This is due to the writing style that is involved with some of the entries. Unlike previous entries, we will look at these in date order, not class order. This will allow a slightly better understanding of buildup. The flavor text seems to be the only thing that has an order to it, and that order seems uh, easier uh, to... Easier to a stance of values than much else. It tells a bit about each member's personality, which lines up with the class related armor they have. Additionally, reading these like a movie told in first person musters a better understanding of the definitions that it uh, delineations that exist. Imagine the narrative of Deadpool's first half, and then it cuts around back to the current events. Most of these logs are also supplemental, which carries that they are to enhance or shed more light on a story or series of events. So the largest thing, uh, if you're not familiar with what I mean by a Deadpool idea, it's basically that concept of, so you're probably wondering how I got here. Uh, mm-hmm. And some of the stuff that is here is actually going to read similar to that.
2: Without uh, announcing with... it so nicely like that.
1: Yes, which I think is part of the problem and why I had that existential crisis that I did. Uh my question to you guys is: Do we want to read each lore tab, or do we just want to leave it leave it be to to reference as we go? I think I think we should, ref- think
0: we should reference your video and let people listen okay. to them in that order because I agree mm-hmm. with the order that you had them in that video. I actually, and actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna double down on that that selfish plug there. I mean, I'm dead serious. Like, if you want to hear the order that these probably should be read in, I kind of agree with Beard on that video it's definitely worth going to listen to if for no other reason than to actually hear these cards. Um, But to to me, I mean, also to put it in perspective, he's reading the cards and it takes 46 minutes. So (laughs) so
1: I, I would probably say that like half of that video is me reading the cards because most of these entries are very lengthy. So, what you can consider this episode to be is a full supplemental. At, <laughs> at, at, oh. at, at what it is that we're, uh, that we have with that video as well. So, if you just want to hear me ranting and raving for a good while, then there's always that. Uh, but I will, I will constantly refer back to that video because one, it took up 46 minutes plus editing time of my life. And it was probably one of the longest ones that I voiced. And I, Felt like I was losing my mind, as most YouTubers do after, you know, 46 minutes of talking to yourself. Mm-hmm. Actually, that's pretty common for me on a daily basis. What? Huh? Mm. Anyway. Uh. Oh. So, we'll, we'll get into this as, uh, as best as we can. I'm going to call out each of the items at the least. Uh, so if Let's... you are more thinking about uh, trying to read over these items and then listening to how we discuss them... Uh, there is at least always that option.
2: I do uh, think f- giving a brief summary of what's in content of the card, or what's in the in the card itself, would be a good way to help.
1: That that was at least my
2: plan, yeah. Yeah, because be I know part of the conversation reading. So, some people, I think, at this
1: point have at least read the cards. I'm sure some of our more passionate viewers have. Uh, not to say that you know if you haven't, you're not a passionate viewer, but it is one of those things where if we start to kind of tie down 15 entries uh yeah we're going to be here for a while so moving on uh hardy steps is the first one uh that's here and this is one of the only ones uh as far out as it is uh that is not not marked as a supplemental entry that needs to be pointed out almost immediately Mm-hmm. So, in that regard, this card is five hundred and seventeen days to launch. Uh, we do not have a marker in terms of project type or anything like that at this point, but we do see some of the uh inter interweavings and ideas that are going on uh within uh but most likely the Florida uh not not Cape Canaveral, but there is actually a base of operations in Florida. Uh, that does handle some of the... I was informed after the fact that handles some uh, military operations down there. CENTCOM is a, a true working building, which mm-hmm. I did not, for whatever reason, think to, to look up or reference, but it is a full working uh, building. That being said, it is also loosely related towards uh, security, uh, being that their vicinity is kind of closer to Cape Canaveral. They are also in... Uh, high view or, or high reference to NASA almost right away. So if something comes up that's weird, they could basically go back to CENTCOM to say, uh, we don't know if we need to be worried about this, uh, disclose it to the public, etc. Uh, but that's the kind of stuff that CENTCOM kind of works with. Uh, what's interesting about this, though, we have a uh, an exchange between four people that we see in this room. Uh, Evie Kelamut uh, is the a big one that you will see and hear throughout most of these cards and readings. Uh, there's also Director Canterbury, uh, who may actually be... I don't i don't know if I want to say if maybe they put him in charge of NASA and he's just there to visit. Uh, but there's also a general, General Fiedler. Uh, he is also uh, on point and he seems to be more in charge of CENTCOM than anything else. And then there's also Jacob Hardy. Jacob, of course, is the one that we are very familiar with, as we just got done yakking about him for, I think, 25 minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that is basically through uh, Humans 1 through 4. Uh, so this is the, why these cards are as interesting as they are. This is the first time that we start to see more about what is actually happening with, uh, with Jacob Hardy and this crew. But in this, we actually see that uh, Evie is pointing out the audiovisual logs, uh, or at least uh, looking through uh, footage of what we would later know, uh, come to know as the Traveler. They mark it as Moon-X, however, and it is seen outside of Jupiter. Uh, the problem with this starts to be actually in the next cart or next entry that exists. Uh, my thought is is that at five hundred and seventeen days to launch, this is when uh the this is when sentcom and everybody else is bringing this to hardy's uh, attention for security's sake uh, and that would end up being uh, at least to me it kind of reads that way, so this is where things come down to your uh your your ideas as such essentially on what. Is happening with these, uh, with the entry itself, and what is happening with the explanations.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: meanwhile, what I mean by this, and it's probably going to be a little easier if I explain it this way: Hardy's journey is the next uh, entry that exists on this one, uh, and this is 480 days to launch. You'll quickly find what I mean by this earlier point of why is it that. Uh, they're being notified of this at, like, 517 days because Evie uh, shows up to a point with Jacob and starts to explain uh, to Jacob to say, Hey, we found the Traveler again, or we found Moon X again, I should say. Uh, and Jacob's just kind of like, Oh, you're, you're kidding me. Not again. But they go into a couple of the movements that are that are seen. Uh, We have our first major problem with timing here, and I'm reading through my book here real quick, Uh, Mm -hmm. as Evie talks about time periods between the Traveler's appearances. Uh, Let's take a look at these. Jupiter is the first known location, which altered two moons, and then it seems to blink out for 14 months, and then it appears over Mercury after one year and two months from initial location, blinks out for another seven months, and then appears over Venus. So it's interesting, of course, about this is that overall, this is a, uh, if, if steps to journeys means anything, then they already were able to track the Traveler and had shown images of it or were able to capture images of it beforehand. And the way that I'm at least kind of figuring that this could be the case or why it is that they uh, do showcase it this way is at least to me to say well if we see it once then it's just a thing that happened it's an anomaly if we see it a second time we need to figure a way to see if it's doing something if we see it a third time and now we've got to get this thing on track and it's officially a problem
2: right Uh, and just to to clarify something on the first one on steps this is happening at a celebration or a dinner. It's very informal, this first meeting between the four people. Um, Director Canterbury's wife is giving a toast while this whole um, conversation is happening in a different room. So it's not an official... uh, It's an official thing, but it's not like a sanctioned mission at this point. It is literally, they're concerned about it, they're having a conversation about it, whereas we're getting more information in... Journey where Evie's like, "Hey, I've got some more data on this thing."
1: Yeah, right. And Beard can have the rest of my brownie. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's what? What's that?
2: <laughs> what kind of brownie? Like a chocolate chip brownie? Yeah, Only butterscotch brownie. I lo- it. Like double those. fudge. Double but- fudge. That sounds butterscotch. Delicious. Butterscotch brownie. <laughs> brownie bro- brownie blondie brownie
3: okay there needs to be Colorado a free related, no, related top 3 no oh
2: go there are a few long. on that list okay there, good there's there's a few on that list that i'm going go to not to derail
3: too much
1: let's move on from hardy's brownie <laughs>
2: <laughs> that should be the new name of the card
1: <laughs> so all in all uh when all is said and done the traveler's appearances happen over a period of one year and nine months. And this is actually what's kind of interesting, again, to reference back to the Hardy Steps card being at 517 days. So these are, these are just points to kind of keep in mind and think about, because as we go through the cards, the time periods, again, are not as succinct as they seem to be. Uh, you, you start to almost have this time travel sense that's being built up around them. And that's what can can easily confuse if you're if you're not in the right mindset as as a blue can attest to the one night I lost my mind uh, just a little <laughs> yeah just a little uh, just just triple checking on my notes here real fast in case there's anything I missed uh, yeah. So uh, perhaps we only saw portions of the meeting that were discussed 37 days ago. Uh, This is the only way I could quantify this data, but to keep it from security services for over a year and a half seems very wrong. Then again, we today uh, don't count everything we see until the second moment we see it for uh, confirmation as well. Just an anomaly. Move on. That would make sense, but still wouldn't account for the seven months' blink-out from Mercury to Venus unless we just weren't looking. Additionally, because really, as much as space is kind of, or or NASA's on point with looking for things, we don't always have our eyes to the sky as uh, openly as we would like to admit. So we could very well miss or be missing an asteroid that's hurtling to us right now, quite frankly. And this would be something that, uh, though we have pretty good detection rates today, is is just truthful to say about this situation. If there is something happening in our solar system, it doesn't mean that we're thinking or, or we're we're noticing it happening immediately. Uh, this this is this is why we need things like SETI and so on, so that they can actually gather the data and think it over for us. Uh, additionally, this would mean the traveler was around Jupiter twice or more often. Uh, Ganymede, Europa, Io, and Io was apparently last on the list for the Traveler to visit. Uh, so this would mean that the Traveler didn't just make one trip to Jupiter, and it may mean that it made other trips to other different planets that also were out there. So, these are, these are other things that you can kind of take away from this card. Uh, and one other final point, especially with what we see with Curse of Osiris. We also saw that the Traveler was around Mercury the same time the Vex showed up if Osiris' vision in the forest can be trusted. This would have been before humanity knew what was going on, so could we perceive the Vex to be native because of this? Venus' arrival would also allow for this. Could we surmise that the Vex turned Mercury much later past the uh, Traveler showing up the first time? green i don't know if you had anything on that
2: well okay the whole was the vex on mercury are you saying was the vex were on mercury before the traveler visited mercury well in the vision from osiris we at like they showed they up, show up around up the at same, same, time.
1: same time yeah okay. it, it seems like at least uh either portions of mercury had been changed at that point if uh some of the ideas are to be kind of believed from the Traveler right. uh, only taking sections of Mercury to turn it into garden spaces. If, uh, but that just throws you into an entirely different loophole of, right. well, they're making gardens, and the Traveler is the gardener, and the Vex are working with gardens. I'm well, just if, pointing out the if, easy stuff here.
2: Right, and if the Vex... See, okay, that throws into question whether or not the Vex... Came from the Black Garden or not? If right. that is the this nexus of where they emerged from with Crota's swipe of the sword, if that is the point where they enter, that would mean that Mars, which is terraformed after Mercury, correct or no? Mars happened first than Mercury.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna say there were uh, it was it was it was Venus second, uh, Mercury first. Uh, Jupiter was very first,
3: okay. so
1: that's the order that we're that we're kind of in right now. Uh, Penns also brings up a, a good point that I did want to want to talk about at one point along the, mm-hmm. the line here. Uh, the uh, the Hesperus uh, armor set from D1 talks about the Uh It is quite possible that humanity was trying to terraform Venus before the Traveler even arrived. Uh, and this is a reason that we don't hear much about them even, uh, even after the Traveler kind of showed up. But I, I would beg that this might be a problem only due to, uh, either, either reaching out further or not understanding terraforming, uh, in, in a, in a larger sense, uh, uh, I'll, I'll just point to Titan and, and prove my point on that one. Like, we had problems with terraforming, and I don't think the Hyphestonauts did it without knowing light. Uh, so, for me, I don't think it was something that was done before the Traveler.
2: We didn't even uh, again, have. Prove me uh, We didn't really have interplanetary bases at that point. Like, it was a struggle to get to Mars before the Traveler came.
1: They, they said it was going to be a three-month journey, and guess what? That lines up perfectly with how it is for us to get to Mars today. So our technology, as we're going to find here uh, very shortly, has bumped up further from where we are today, uh, but it hasn't grown exponentially. That seems to be the obvious thing so far. Uh, and what I mean by this actually comes down to the next entry. Which is chow's passing and you'll notice we went from hardy for the first two and now all of a sudden we skip over to chow this comes down to what i mentioned before we're reading these in a weird order because we're actually reading them in date order we're not reading them in class order and this is of course very important only because of the uh the whole passage of time that is happening here. Chao's passing is 476 days to launch. Uh, as a reminder, the previous entry was 480 days to launch. And this is where the first major piece of uh, interpretation of not time, but narrative comes into play. Uh, this card is actually written by Ulysses Chow, which is not Chow himself. Uh, Dean Chow, who is also not his it, who it, it's also not his first name uh, it's his title, uh, was the one that was on the uh, Ares 1 rocket. Meanwhile, Ulysses Chow is the son of Dean Chow and we start to see a couple things about the uh, the the equipment or technology that we've uh, come to kind of get to know from the uh stuff pre-Golden Age. And one of the things they talk about is the uh holograms that are in this in this entry. They're in a a Rathskeller, which if you're not familiar is just basically a bar. Uh it's a pretty pretty common name actually. There's nothing special behind it unfortunately, but overall it just it, it just kinda shows that hey this is just a, a hangout spot. Uh what I would also say is uh, interesting though is the broadcast on national television four days after the traveler or moon X shows up around Venus that's again what I what I wanted to present with 476 days to launch uh, versus the last entry which was 480. So only four days apart, uh, long story short on this one, and we start to see that the public is being informed of Moon-X. So that's a big deal. But then what's even a bigger deal is and I don't I don't know if anybody has anything else to add on, on that one before I go because... Uh, just real quick, this... I do.
0: Just a point yeah. of clarification. The Hesferonauts were Golden Age. Uh, yep. They were not prior to Golden Age. So... They so basically humanity wasn't terraforming anything prior to the traveler arriving, because uh, Ares One was a big deal going out to Mars, and the uh, Hesperus armor is built in commemoration of the Golden Age Hesperonauts who were terraforming Venus, which is where the kind of confusion kind of comes from. For for right. that suit of armor is it's kind of because it's a, so like Hesperus Type Zero, which is the helmet, uh, says at the dawn of the Golden Age, the Hesperonauts were the first to descend into Venus's boiling mist, and then you have the chess piece that says this suit was designed as an homage to the Golden Age Hesperonauts. Arms say the Hesperonauts installed the terraform engines and secured Venus's first colonies.
2: This so just- was, there's another uh, reference to actually the ghost ghost fragment human cards that we were reading earlier where. Hardy, I think it's in four where Hardy talks about how he's learning, like he's diving into the slippery irreality,
0: slippery irreality ir- yeah, of, ir- of light, yeah,
2: and how to terraform using it. Right. So they're still studying it at that
1: point. Yep. And that's the the whole idea to kind of keep in mind as we're reading here. Like, I I have never gotten a very good sense of humanity before we uh, we saw the traveler. Because for me, it kind of seemed like things were not in a very good way. Uh, either pollution had really picked up, uh, or, or some of the other bits had really kind of, like, we had drained our resources, or otherwise. And it didn't sound like it was going very well. Uh, it was a, if we, if we want to reference it, it was a very dead space type scenario. Uh, and for me, I think that that's why everybody was almost uptight about the. Moon X in general, uh, and why some were hopeful of it as we will see as time goes by here uh, but this was again the first time that uh, anybody had seen the traveler was four hundred and seventy six days uh, from launch of what we will now refer to is project catamaran project catamaran uh, which we will get to in a moment uh, why. The naming scheme, kind of what it was, uh, was basically there to uh, figure out a couple of people that were going to be chosen to find a means to get out to, uh, to Mars. Ultimately, some of the members, though, didn't know this until a very long time afterward. Uh, this actually comes down to Hardy's Palm, which all of a sudden we jumped to 90 days before launch. Again, just to reference it, the last one we looked at was 476 days before launch. So over a year, pretty much a year, almost a year and a half out. And now we are 90 days from launch. So big time jump. Hardy's column, however, talks about the uh, three to four members that we will see on this Project Catamaran team. And this is actually something that kind of shows itself as a, uh, again, if you're reading these in order, it sounds weird. 90 days to launch, it sounds like uh, Hardy has all of the information on uh, what is actually going on with the members and whatnot. When in reality, at least to me, the further that I read this, it actually seems more like this is when these team members were picked. So keep that in mind as we go along. Like, things have to go behind the scenes before anything actually gets done and so on. So at 90 days before launch, CENTCOM, the organizers of all of this are either planning for the ship, they've got other things that they're building with uh, Catamaran itself, uh, or they are working on uh, either building the clubhouse, which we'll later know as... uh, or we will end up seeing as just like how to to set up these members, uh, but it is one of the more confusing cards, I think, because of that reason. Mm-hmm. Because again, it sounds like at ninety days before launch, we do see that uh, it, it it almost sounds like they're they're able to like Hardy is able to know everything about them. When in reality, at ninety days before launch, he has no idea about these guys. Uh, he. He is in the same room with Evie at this point. Evie's the the only one, realistically. But uh, even then, like at 90 days before before launch, uh, he and Eevee are probably not together. He's they are together in this entry, but this entry is probably somewhere closer to like 20 days or so before launch, as we'll get to a little later down the line. Uh, What, again, I think is important as a takeaway from this uh, entry is just to show that at 90 days before launch, Project Catamaran is set up. They have members in mind that are picked up from the the management staff, uh, and they're basically, uh, at that point now, trying to get everything hoisted together. Uh, So for me, I think that's the most important piece of this card to kind of take from it. and. If there's anybody, anything else anybody wants to talk about for a bit, I'm just referencing again.
2: Let's move on to instruments. Mihalova's yes. instruments.
1: I was going to say, this is the, the next big one. Um, mm-hmm. And again, I think that this kind of poses clarity to, to what I had mentioned before uh, about the 90 days before launch, feeling more of like this is how the members were chosen. Uh, I would actually take a peek at this one just to kind of outline it. But it, it's very good foreshadowing as well, which which I think is the big thing. Uh, Milova is uh, writing a letter to her colleagues in this entry. Uh, and this entry actually goes into the ramifications of AI uh, and how AI can actually be utilized within uh, many manner of things, either for medical usage or something otherwise. Uh, what we also hear is that there was a nasty tsunami that had just happened uh, with, I think it was Japan, again. Uh, and it seemed like they were trying to figure out the uh, vari- variabilities of how AI could help with it. Uh, meanwhile, Milova actually goes into the idea of, well this thing that is out in space that we are seeing and tracking, uh, to me, it looks like it has uh, sentience, like it has purpose for doing what it does. And she was the one that had actually thought of that, it seems, before some of the others uh, on the team had, uh, which, again, we'll, we'll get to in a little bit about a, a game that I don't like talking about. Um, but the really cool thing about this, this entire foreshadowing and foreshadowed element is how she feels that AI can be used for betterment in many different ways, but she feels that it would still be something that it would still have secrets. And those secrets would still, uh, like AI would still need to have, meanwhile, it would also uh, have to keep some of that stuff from us. But we're the ones, of course, that are in charge of it. so in in the end of it, why would it why would it even matter? You know we're we're the ones that are capting and and captaining everything, and AI is under our control, right? Sure, because we <laughs> heard about that so well as time went on. Uh, Mialova's choice is the next one. Uh that also exists. And this is <laughs> sixty-five days to launch. Uh note, when I say Mialova's
2: choice <laughs> <laughs> This is one of my favorite entries. Because Miel- of- because of like how this pans out, yeah. She's so it. sassy. Oh
1: she's so sassy. Um so the really cool thing with this one is that it really isn't a choice. Like the you may as well throw out that entire idea completely. Uh, The choice element of this is that all of her AI-referenced equipment is moved to Florida. And that is her choice. She can go to Florida, keep working on her stuff, or she could remain where she is and not have any equipment to do anything with it, basically. Uh, And this is actually where she is sent uh, sent from her position, I think it is, over in Russia... Uh, and she's sent down to Florida. Uh, the 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 place escapes me because uh, I know there are two. There's a university that is mentioned in the the previous entry, and there's also a full uh, a full spot that's referenced that the, I did not write down. Apparently, the
2: university is Nicholas in Alexandria, which is yes. Russia. Okay. Yep. Yeah, that one I
1: I kind of figured. Uh, yeah. That I no, I did not. Okay, but yes, all of her, uh, all of her equipment is moved to Central Command or CentCom, uh, and at that point, it is uh, basically just thrown out to the wind, and she basically has to follow that. That is her choice.
2: So, so always keep that in mind. He- here's a question for you. Yeah. How much do you? Okay, reading these cards and reading them for a the first time because you know. We've had this debate multiple times, especially when we first had them. Reading this cards, how much about this uh, project, Project Catamaran, does she know at this point? Because she doesn't even look like she was signed on. But if you're looking at the ninety days before launch card, the Hardy card, Mm -hmm. she's been working on it begrudgingly, like she doesn't want to talk to any of the other team members because of they're below her intellectual level according to Hardy so but she's but she's already established that she is doing the AI for the team or they have already established it
1: I actually want to get to that here um, as we as we kind of go along but it'll be later in the entries I want okay. to revisit that uh, entry because I think it makes a lot more sense again if we reference it a little bit further down the line. Uh, but not necessarily for for the reason of the the team members and what 's behind them, but more as a narrative device to to show where it fits within the rest of the entries because I think that that 's the major question right mm-hmm. like that 's a big question um but the first time, no, I, I had to reread these, like, 15 or 20 times before everything really finally started to sink in. And right. even then, it was after a stern talking to from Blue before I really started figuring out what was, <laughs> you know, finally figuring out. At, like, a, 4 a.m. Uh, yeah, when I was, like, already freaking tired because I was up for, like, three days straight trying to figure out what the heck was going on.
2: Mm-hmm. Brough.
1: Days I do not want to revisit. Uh but keeping green's question in mind. So green's question is ultimately how at 90 days beforehand, uh, again, are, are they able to work on these projects, but not be really like working with, etc. Uh, that's the, the kind of stuff to, to kind of keep in the back of your head while you're reading, or at least thinking about the rest of these entries. Uh, mm-hmm. Hardy's orders is the next one. Uh, Mialova's choice was 65 days to launch this one is 63 days to launch so it was 2 days separated basically between uh the the pick for Mialova and Hardy. Uh meanwhile we don't know if this is just the order in which they're being uh reached or otherwise but Hardy himself is actually at the bottom of the ocean and he's on vacation. And he says You've got uh thirty seconds, whoever you are uh before I just hang up on you and go back about my business and he finds out it's his general like his commanding officer uh but fifteen uh basically like fifteen days after uh or or more at this point like we're we're fast approaching uh almost thirty days after the choice is made for who is on the crew uh and Hardy is finally informed about who uh is, is going on and he's one of the choices. Uh he basically says hey uh we figured out a way to track the uh track moon uh and this is actually a, a means from Evie uh that you already met previously mm-hmm. uh so after your vacation just get back here to Florida because we got a lot of work to do uh, and that actually leads back to the next entry which is Chow Strides uh again 63 days to uh, launch was the first one 65 days to launch was when uh mihalova ended up figuring out her entry chow figures out his entry at 58 days to launch at 58 days until launch chow is informed of the party will play on catamaran his daughter was in sydney to check for colleges this is where chow had heard the call of going back to florida so at this point, this is something that uh, we now know that all these team members were informed of what was happening, uh, and they were informed of their uh, choice to actually be brought onto to uh, Project Catamaran itself. Something, though, that I have not mentioned yet is that there's these cults that are forming. And immediately, no, I know that many are probably going to think about, you know, Future War Cult or something like that. And you may not be wrong. Like, th- that, that may have been where mm. some of it started. Uh, but I want you to keep that in the back of your mind before we end up getting towards the very end. Um, we again do kind of a, a flash forward, if you will. And the next one is Chow's Care. Uh, this is 30 days to launch. Uh, Evie sets up the name for Moon X, the Traveler. This is the game that I was talking about because the Traveler's name was actually picked with a basketball game. Yeah, and it was all because Evie was terrible at playing basketball, and she traveled. That's how it got its name. Sort of anticlimactic, if you ask me, but I kind of like uh, it that's...
0: actually. It kind of shows well, the, like the spontaneity of humanity I think is where it's kind of going
1: well and it also at least goes to show that the traveler is not the traveler like its name doesn't necessarily uh fit into the rest of the universe that's just the name we gave it right so yeah it's it's the bait star it's the and granted they uh they also Uh, oryx has references to it being as the traveler as well and it's just a previous call to simply say uh, the idea uh, the the simple idea basically that follows behind that some of the stuff that we are reading from these other uh, other races species are being translated to words that we can understand so that's something always to kind of keep into the the back of your mind as you, as you kind of go. Along. It's yeah, it's called a, it's yeah, called a could...
0: lexicon gap.
1: Yeah. Lexicon gap. Yes, I always forget oh. what the proper term is. Thank you.
2: By the way. Yes. This whole Evie being terrible at basketball. <laughs> many of things have been decided over a terrible basketball game. I know. Many many things have been. But this whole. This whole thing makes me wonder when are we gonna get the next card with Oh wait. Never mind. I was just gonna reference the card where Cade talks about the searches for the googly eye traveler, and I was gonna be like the basketball traveler oh no. Cade. No. Sad. <laughs> okay. Never don't mind. Do
1: that. Don't do that Tad. to yourself. Stop. Oh, Tad. sorry.
0: To yeah. to reiterate, it's not. It's it. Well, it is a lexicon gap. It's also a lacuna. That's what I'm. That's okay. the word I was
1: thinking of. Yeah, that's that's another good
2: one. I wasn't trying to be funny, Black. Black. <laughs> I was legitimately I was like, oh, what's the next card? Where Kate's looking up a bunch of things about basketball traveling. Yeah, oh, we're like, we're not we're not
1: even dad. rehearsing that today. So, Green, you have come <sighs> this to yourself.
2: You hey, know why though
1: the traveler gets called for traveling, right? Oh no. It's hard to dribble with no arms. Mm. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> no. but it is easy to call as a whirlwind.
2: Hey. O. Hey. hey. Millo's triumph.
1: Yes. So the next one is 20 days to launch. Again, we have a bit of a uh, of a jump here. Um, here we actually see the first references of R and we don't necessarily know too much about R. All we know is that it's something that Mialova uh Mialova I I butcher the name all the time. Mialova uh, Miahia Oh Mialova I think it's Miyagi
2: Miyagi Lova
1: Wax on wax off uh, but Mihalova's, uh Mialova's uh, our AI is what is actually being worked. Uh, many people will, of course, easily make the assumption, and I, I still say rightfully so. Blue's uh, doing it is... in chat right now, too. Of, of course, Blue's going to do it. Uh, <laughs> I, I kind of figure that this is Rasputin's early days.
2: No. Uh, I can support <laughs> that without just without just going off the rails. She also shortens Evie's name to E yes In this card yes
1: and that is where uh some of the additional ideas kind of uh make me think that there's th- this this is where things get interesting and i haven't popped my fun spin foil theory so i'll at least give you guys some additional content that uh, you haven't heard from me if you've already been listening to me ramble on about this topic for the second time uh but that being said uh Mialova is, uh, is good. We're, we're, we're still unsure, like, her overall motives, if she's just out to make our work, if she is there for anything else to, to kind of handle out with, uh, with all that. Uh, all we know is that when all is said and done, Evie is, is granted access uh, to most of our subsystems, as we find out in the next tree. Uh, which is Chao's Grin, which is 18 days to launch.
2: Because Chao gives her access to it, even though she wasn't supposed to have access to it. Well, and additionally, what
1: needs to be referenced and noted here uh, is thanks to the the fact that Chao has his own ways of doing it. Mm
3: -hmm. Which,
1: as somebody that kind of knows computers fairly well, if you don't know the actual way to get in, you're probably going (laughs) to hack it. (laughs) <laughs> uh that's basically how that would run.
2: And considering uh, so he, he's a navigator, yeah, that mm-hmm. makes sense.
1: Yeah, he he has some very good skill with computing. Uh and obviously Evie does as well, or but at least on like a physicist end. Uh mm-hmm. but meanwhile to me it just sounds like uh Chow knew some other way to get it uh at Rasputin, uh or R. I say Rasputin, but again it's really easy for me to say so. Uh, Chow, uh, seems to disregard, uh, disregard any attempt by, like, why, uh, Mihailova would be worried about this or anything else. He has no understanding or knowledge that R is actually watching the crew silently and making his own judgments on them as he goes along. So in that respect, it is something where he did it unknowingly and could have very well sealed uh, Evie's fate, as we mentioned more at like the, the top of the show here with the earlier question of what happened to Evie. Now here, remember that question that Green had that uh, I told you to keep in the back of your mind? So think about the the clubhouse, the space that these guys are uh, now residing in. We've got Jacob Hardy, we've got uh, Mia Lova, we've got Chow and Evie, and all four of these guys are kind of hanging around, doing their own thing, they're uh, taking care of their own research, they're managing everything as they, as they kind of need to properly, etc. And this is actually where I think, personally, uh, around this period, of course, or like right around, where Hardy's calm is written. Okay. So the entry where he's writing out about the ideas of the crew is great. Uh, they're, they're just as advertised. Uh, Chow's one of the most interesting per, uh, people and most inquisitive minds I've ever met. Uh, Miali Lova is uh, stuck up and you know not exactly uh, fitting in with everybody, but she does so just enough. Uh, Evie is looking at me and probably knows that I'm writing about her, so on. Like, Evie's considered one of the team, but to me, at this point, this would be a piece where, uh, around this period, is where that entry from Hardy was actually written. Again, the reason I feel that that 90 days to launch and why they kind of uh, had it streamlined therein, it comes down to that narrative tool. Like, at 90 days before launch, the team is picked. Mm-hmm. But Hardy doesn't write this entry until somewhere around, I would say, 20 days to launch. So it could be read in a in a couple different places, and it has a couple different meanings. But that's, again, that comes down to interpretation. And at least to me, that is how that is interpreted. You could argue that this is the only, uh, that, that Hardy's column is the only entry that really doesn't fit the mix. But there are so many explainable elements to it that I cannot see that being the case, especially with how many of these uh, go back and forth between uh, how everything is kind of explained. Uh, I didn't even get into Chow's Strides and how that's hard to decipher and kind of difficult to figure out. I wanted to glance over that as much as I could because that one in and of itself is the same kind of circumstance. We see an entry or an instance uh, in Chow's Strides where everything is happening after the fact. And that's why I think that a lot of this stuff can actually be summed up as like a, a it, it's happening in the moment, it happened in the past, it happens uh, in the future and everything is fine, but it's reminiscent of. Uh, those are the things that we have to try to muddy through with these cards. And it's the toughest thing, I think, is just looking at narrative uh, perspective as well as narrative intent.
2: The other thing is a lot of these are AV recordings. Yes. And some of them, they're all supplemental except for one, which is one of the hardy cards, right? Like the first one, which is not a supplemental. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Except
1: for the two hardy cards, there's only two non-supplementals that exist. uh,
2: And some of them are based in dialogue, where you see a back and forth, like the card where... Evie and Mia Lova actually has a confrontation with each other about our basically uh, analyzing them yep. and being creepy, creepy Rasputin-like. But there's other cards where it's more diary-like. With Jacob Hardy's cards, it's more he's writing this down versus the dialogue that you see happening between different ones, like in the basketball game and whatnot. Right. That is something also to keep in mind. Some are videos, some are written.
1: Yes, I I did fail to mention. So thank you, Green.
2: No problem. Um,
1: in in addition to that, uh, I should also mention to always keep in mind the narrative perspective that exists within them. Uh, as I mentioned in one of the earliest ones about like Ulysses Chow. And his writings—that actually seems to be like an after the the point idea, uh, which w- we already know from Humans One Through Four's Grimoire card that the original team comes back okay uh, from meeting the Traveler. Uh, what we uh, what we don't know is like the particulars, and I think that's why I I still like these cards, even though I know the the outcome of some of it. And when I say Outcome of some of it that actually leads to the uh, to the next big pieces that need to be talked about. The next entry is miailova's tail. This is three days until launch, so we're getting really close to dead center Uh And at this point, this would be uh, one of the last points that you could really make changes, alterations, anything like that. Uh, so, kind of keep that in mind. We're getting down to like end days when it comes down to this launch period. Uh, Evie actually is able to get into Cr's uh, transcripts back from what Miailova has, uh, and these transcripts end up building a little bit more on like, hey, he's making some decisions about us. He has some uh, indications about us, and just a bunch of things that don't necessarily make a lot of sense to Evie, uh, and that she is not okay with. Uh Yeah Lova, on the other hand, is just like, well, what do you want to do with it? Well, I'm gonna take Evie's like, I'm gonna take it to Hardy and tell him about everything that's going on. She's disgust, how lova's disgusted by this point because she knows what R is capable of doing and wants it to just do its own thing. So this sparks earlier thoughts about what we had had that maybe somebody else is in uh in need to kind of shut up evie uh the green i don't know if you had anything to, to add to this one. i know this is a loaded one
2: it is a little bit loaded but the thing that this card reminds me of more than any of the other cards because some of them have you get the feeling partially because each of these armor sets are based for each of those classes. But you also get the feeling that the personalities of the people within them fit those classes. Hardy is for Titan, mm-hmm. Mi'a Lova is Warlock, and Giao mm-hmm. is for Hunters. The other thing I get with this is that it's creating assessments of us line is almost verbatim like another card that we have. Yep. The Ishtar Collective cards. Yep talking about the Vex making simulations of us, which leads up to a whole nother can of worms If in SpinFoil, if you're going to go down that road. Well, and in that respect, if you start to talk
1: about it that way, uh, we still look at the Vex as being computers in a way. Mm-hmm. Computers in general kind of follow the same, at least to to our lines of logic, they follow the same kinds of logic that sort of exist. Uh, they follow math, and math is generally uh, summed up as like the laws of the universe, if you will. Like it is the language, the language of the universe. So, mm-hmm. per that point, I think that's why the uh, the Vex and Rasputin, in this case, might have some very similar feelings or meanings behind them. Um, you heard it from, here
2: first. Rasputin yeah. is the father of the Vex. <laughs>
1: Um, still up in the air on that. Yeah, I, one, I, I but know. trust me, I e I've I've had thoughts. Uh, I mean, not that that's atypical for me to think on stuff like that. <clears throat> what are you talking about? This uh, is
2: why I text- <laughs> guys we, weird?
1: Yeah, at like four in the morning.
2: I had a thought.
1: Well, it's funny that I'm
2: still awake. Green, you never sleep when you're yeah. friends with me. I, nope. Anyways.
1: So for the next entry, uh, reminder, we were three days until launch, with the last one we are now launch plus one. Something happened. Uh, Launch plus one is not something that you want to hear. Uh, Now, there is something uh, that actually comes back to some... uh, some some definitions from previous uh, with the humans cards one of them is called a home and window home and windows are basically where uh, if you if you listen to any uh, shuttle launch or anything like that uh, especially previously you'll always hear of a window that they have to fit into and largely what they mean by this is a home and window uh, it, it's the trajectory that you need in order to launch and make sure that you fit within uh, the the space that you are are shooting towards. So in this case, of course, we're we're launching towards Mars, right? It's a it's a means to get there quickly, uh, and it's a means to make sure that you arrive on target. Because as much as Mars is a planet, you know it's not not entirely tiny in the vastness of even our solar system it is tiny so it's a it's a window you have to make sure that you hit uh launch day plus 1 would actually signify that they are kind of losing their window at this point like things might not go quite as well now project catamaran has also been renamed and this is also Not a good sign when you hear that missions are being renamed. Uh, Generally, in in history terms, uh, and and historically in general, uh, most missions are renamed for a couple of reasons. One, because they actually find reasons, uh, mostly superstitious reasons, in order to not name the mission that. Or, something happened that led up to it. So, as we mentioned earlier in the show, something happened to Evie, And it is unsure or unclear exactly what. Hardy goes down a list within this uh, Launch Day Plus One uh, listing that actually says what seems to have happened. It just seemed like the perfect storm. Uh, electrical uh, was exposed, there was water on steps and everything. Uh, A fire broke out, and it seemed like the clubhouse itself had basically been burned to cinders. Uh, And inside the clubhouse, or at least in a portion of it, uh, was Evie. And it very well seems like her body was either found or possibly wasn't, and it was just assumed that she was in there. Uh, And she didn't make it, or was very hurt. Again, this is something that isn't entirely clear, so we're not sure. Uh, again, we're we're talking about a T14 rated game here, so it could be that this is their way of kind of just showcasing that, yeah, she she did die. But you ready for the uh, for the spin foil? You uh, you want to help me out with this one a little bit, Green?
2: Sure. Which way? How we how we entering the spin foil beard? How are we going to start?
1: So, Evie Kalman. You told me about the name and Mm -hmm. linked it back to a certain other uh, grouping that we know about. Mm -hmm. So uh, feel free if you remember this one. Oh gosh, this was a few days ago, wasn't it? This was more like three weeks ago. Like We haven't been able to talk about this one for a while, so if you forget, it's fine. I can take over.
2: Yeah, start it off and see if you jog my memory, because there's been a lot of sleep between now and
1: then. (laughs) So... Calumet is a name that uh, actually derives from. Uh, additionally, I believe it was Inuit uh, America. Uh, oh right, I- Inuit or Native uh, Americans. If you remember now, go right ahead.
2: Uh, not enough to actually go into it, but I remember. Well, the fine. I'll start just take of it. it. From
1: here. That's. <laughs> uh, Green had actually presented this one to me for a little while now. Uh, another group. That... Excuse me. Another group that actually fits uh, the same naming scheme and this this naming scheme seems very particular it's not the first time that we've seen it throughout destiny as a whole right like this is this is something that they they try to do pretty commonly uh, to make sure that we're either all on the same page or uh, they're they're trying to link things together but this one seems so particularly conducive of what they are trying to point out, that it's not even funny. So think about what Evie was given access to. She was given access to the entire entire code banks of R, right? Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, you have this perfect opportunity for CENTCOM uh, as a whole to have this brilliant AI working mind that is on site. And for Hardy, he didn't know who Evie was because he was barely on site. Uh, He barely had an availability to know maybe who General Fiedler was uh, outside of like a a typical idea. Uh, He didn't know who Director Canterbury was, or at least it seemed like it. And these are all... Speculative ideas to a point, but it's backed up with some words that uh, Hardy says within some of his earlier uh, earlier talks. So again, Hardy doesn't know who Evie is. Lova has no idea who Evie is. Chow has no idea who Evie is. Except for the fact that she's somebody that gets very buddy-buddy with everybody else and seems very interested in what is actually happening. So think about this with, of course, a grain of salt as we continue. (laughs) There again is another group that follows this Native American or Inuit American uh, listing.
2: Oh, the comes.
1: It comes back to two initials that we see more commonly recently of C B. Clovis Bray is another one that is actually listed underneath the uh, same kind of uh, naming scheme of Native Americans. And what gets, of course, the gears grinding is what else had actually fallen in place, of course, with what we now have with uh, Rasputin and Clovis Bray. So the possibility could very well exist that Evie herself was in no way harmed. She faked her death. And this is a perfect way for especially a government that continues to advance and evolve past the typical natures of what we have seen throughout the Golden Age, and continues to be a little bit more on the uh, paranoid side, developing weapons, developing things in secret, not necessarily showcasing everything to all possibilities out there, Clovis Bray had the perfect availability to do so. So for me, I have a hard time not thinking that Elsie Bray, uh, or else, good grief, that Evie. Evie... was not in some way related to Clovis Bray. And this could have been something where it was a family that she either married into after the fact, she may have renamed herself otherwise, and it carried on. Uh, there could have been some other further pieces that end up uh, passing into it. And now, I... What's
2: that? I said it's it's very possible, because we we don't have any references, in human cards of Rasputin or the AI itself being with them mm-hmm. on the ship.
1: Yep, there there's bits of code that are utilized with it, right? And then after that, we we have some which we haven't talked about yet. Um, mm-hmm. We're we're jumping ahead a little bit here, but Tiny bit. there there's there there's some things that still tie into this that we haven't talked about. So. Again, think about this as we kind of go further along. Uh, Clovis Bray is showing itself in so many different manners that it's really, really hard to uh, to, to kind of pass off as
2: coincidence. So
1: just, just think
2: about that for, for a little while. So again... It could, see, it's, it seriously could be coincidence. It's, could it? It, it? it could be. It could be an accident. A complete yeah. accident.
1: Yeah, it could be a complete accident that a perfect storm happened and the clubhouse went up into flames and everybody <sighs> yeah. ended up like... I'd...
2: Not that yes, part. You'd... That part is yeah. pretty intentional. Yeah. But whether or not Evie is the one that orchestrated it, well, or Mia whether... Halova orchestrated it... Right, and
1: that's the things that we don't necessarily know too much of. What we do know is that it seems like uh, Miailova was able to stop, uh, at least too much, from getting out there about what was happening with R, uh, if she was in fact the one that ended up uh, doing the deed and killing Evie. Uh, but again, we don't know. That's the problem with not just like coming out and saying it. So yes. there's this, 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 this momentary idea that. It's not as simple as it seems, especially when you start looking at naming schemes i we also
2: just have partial as yep. we don't have their day to day we don't have everything that we're going on so we just have yeah. snapshots that uh, Bungie has decided that are important for us to see at least to get certain points across right so things don't necessarily
1: stop there so nope. we'll uh we'll continue on here before I get. Too much further involved in that, but keep that uh, keep that thought in the back of your mind as we keep going. Because again, there are a couple of other uh, choice things that make sense with it as we go along. Uh, but the next entry is still launch day plus one, uh, and this is Chow's hearts. Uh, what we see actually is that there is a uh, the launch is successful. We see that everybody is uh, is fine and well otherwise. Uh, it's a hearty. Mailova, Chow, are up in uh, up in space, and they are basically heading towards Mars. Uh, CENTCOM's just checking in with them, basically towards the end, and they say that the uh, House of Eternal Travel is uh, sending their their hopes and prayers their way. They were the one that ended up winning, apparently, as the uh, the Moon X cult rumbles. So you know, early early day faction uh, faction wars happening sure. there. Uh,
2: we do have the one extra card that, doesn't, that? The, we do have the one extra card that doesn't really fit the unknown date card.
1: Oh, yeah, I'm gonna say which goes to to Mihai Love's path mm-hmm. um but a couple other things on here uh i I really did like the uh the ending line that they put into into heart. Uh, it says like something we are privileged to join but could never uh deserve uh Chow says as he looks out to the stars. Control wishes them safe journeys to Mars. That's my final point that I had on that one. But yes, uh May Lova's Path uh is the last supplemental card that we have. And uh the last actual entry that exists uh that is not marked as supplemental is Hardy's control, the one that uh, talks about the accident uh, with Evie. I did forget to mention that earlier on. Uh, but the first entry that we read uh, and this one are, are, and Hardy's Control are the only ones not marked as supplemental. Uh, but even this last one is marked as supplemental. Uh, and this is actually something that happens even after uh, the after they return from the Traveler. And it's uh, Mia Lova actually talking about how the ai was utilized a little bit and that is actually in very little bits uh the Mm -hmm. ai was not excuse me was not flexible or capable enough of uh taking the ship in that still needed to be left to hardy so jacob hardy is still sitting there uh as like one of the the main guys if you will that uh needed to bring the ship in so this comes back to what we had mentioned i think it is in uh Human 3 or Human 4, where uh, Hardy ends up mentioning about, uh, you know, Chow brought us in, Miailova brought us in, I just piloted the ship. And this kind of gives further testament to that. Like, they were the ones uh, additionally responsible for helping with everything working proper. Uh, Anyway, the major thing about... Uh, this card, though, is that they uh, she does talk about R a little bit further. And yes. she does talk about uh, how they they couldn't do something without it, but that's where the card cuts off.
2: Right. The uh, The very last line, which I do think is worth reading. Definitely. It was good work. Most of the AI code I started there didn't really get used for the mission, but it came in handy. I mean, where do you think? blank so it most of the code wasn't used for the mission but it she's implying what it reads like she's implying that the code was used afterwards that this AI code is well I say is as in present tense was used fairly solidly after the mission was over with
3: Mm-hmm. Rasputin, Rasputin, Rasputin.
1: Yeah. No, I think that uh, that's where some of that would uh, would kind of wind up. I've I've actually already covered a lot of my thoughts on R and Rasputin and whatnot uh, as it is. Mm-hmm. That actually takes up a good two pages of my uh, booklet leaflet here. Uh, but there is one other thing that I wanted to bring up real fast. So we talked about those uh, Moon X cults a little bit. Very little bit. Wanted to kind of glance over them for a reason.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You guys remember this, uh, this, this guy that I didn't really hold a lot of real big care for? Speaker? Well, there's him, but there's also who he's probably basing most of his records off of. Anybody? Anybody want to take a stab in the dark?
2: Which one are you thinking of?
1: How about Alpha Lupi?
2: Oh. So,
1: the dreams of Alpha Lupi have always been said to be listed as this, uh... They're... They're they're named... They're they're extreme uh, cases of, like, how you would... View uh, the traveler, if you will. Like their, their fanaticisms. They are thinking about things in a much more open light. Uh, they are uh, thinking more on the, I, I guess, like what the traveler can do, how the traveler can do it, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. These are just markings of showcasing, like how or what the traveler is probably capable of. Now I sit and I think back about the dreams of Alpha Lupi, and I have to think back onto the possibility of uh, these Moon X cults being the ones that created these dreams of Alpha Lupi, these uh, beginning assessments of how or what it is that could have actually been created, if you will, uh, as the, the holy texts. Yes, thank you, Blue. Uh, for for how they're put together. Now, Green mentioned the Speaker, and I think that that's absolutely on point in that regard. The Speaker references some early uh, holy books and so on between it all, uh, and this actually could have been the Dreams of Alpha Lupi themselves, mm-hmm. written as listed by these moon executes. So, the speaker is certainly working with something. It's certainly looking into some possibilities that uh, do tie back to Golden Age uh, musings and so on. But uh, that's, where, that's where the traveler or the, the speaker is kind of getting some of his words, or possibly through the dreams of Alpha Lupi, and possibly, in that end, simply the cults of madness formed by the traveler himself
2: speaking of religious text it would be very easy to feel that these texts these cards these entries are like a religious account themselves of what absolutely. happened. absolutely well which is
1: and and meanwhile, think back to what we've been talking about for a little while now as well. How about that opening to Destiny 1? The the thought that there were so many different angles that that was taken at.
2: Mm-hmm. Those
1: different angles could be perceived by the different ones that uh, could have been like, well, Chow was the main reason, or Miailova was the main reason, or Jacob was the main reason right. for any of this happening. And we see it, as as far as I've been able to count, there are three particular forms that exist within that. Uh, that card writing, and it would make sense to a couple of different realmings. The first, of course, is that there is English as a written language. There is then Chinese. There is then Russian. So right. all three of those nationalities are shown in that regard. So to me, again, I think that that is where all of it would kind of placate uh, or or start to mess with it all. Uh, but it's giving you different listings of nationality, and that's why I still think that it holds credence that there's. Something that CENTCOM or others would have been uh, garnering a reason to bring or have an excuse to bring Miailova over to CENTCOM to take some of her uh, overall information. Like, nationalism is still a very big part of things, probably up until the collapse. And then from there, it doesn't matter. Very true.
2: There's so many theories that can spin on cards.
1: Yeah, and and as much as like I'm sitting here placating a couple of them, there's more. Oh, I yeah. I have I have pages full on on just these entries alone, and that is why I'm okay with taking like two hours of your time. I think overall today to sit and talk about this at length because it is still one of the best. Uh, relations that we have as a basis for this game as a basis for this lore uh and i i still think that if you read it in the particular manners that i've at least showcased now the base for this lore just got stronger and that is the thing that i love about these entries so me and existential crisis and all that aside i think overall these are great cards to sit and read uh, and again, you may end up picking up on some stuff that I even didn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I know chat has been lighting up with a, the, the couple theories that I kind of posed here tonight, and, and I like that. I hope it got your mind working a little bit. Uh, but there there's so much that can be uh, gleaned between these and humans one through four that it is worth rereading all of those again and just tying them right back into this whole theory. Thank you guys for giving me the time of day for a second time to sit and talk (laughs) about this. Uh, And if you guys do feel, again, that you would like a little bit more, which is my ramblings, musings, hearing more from my books that I've written, uh, and actually hearing all of the entries read to you one by one, again, I got 47 minutes for you, again, that you can go listen to over my channel. Uh, A lot of it will probably sound very uh, very similar or familiar, though, so just Although, reading the cards and grabbing it on your own not a bad thing at all
2: when you recorded that video you were still very very miffed and unsure about some of the the way to read the cards because it's oh yeah cuz if at first glance when you first read these cards it is a utter cluster of a mess Mm-hmm. trying to figure out where things go and why people are talking to people when, but don't know them technically then, but also we'll be knowing them in the, and it's just, it's a mess to read. Yes. For the first time, just be patient with it and be patient with yourself.
1: I'm going to say I, uh, I will always kind of showcase the idea, you know, like it took my discord and FFC's Discord, and a few people on Twitter, I think, to finally figure out what was going on with these entries. So don't beat yourself up if, if it feels confusing. Don't call retcon or uh, multiple timeline theory real fast on that one either. Uh, I I feel that, again, I have enough evidence that I can sit down and say succinctly that... Either it wasn't translated to us properly, or we just need to think a little bit further. Uh, This, to me, is still not an instance of FWC being at the council chamber in, you know, Fall of Osiris here. This is something that's that's well written, but takes a lot of time to digest. Again, if you if you really break it down, if you really want to read it over for yourself, I would encourage it. Uh, If you need any other supplemental uh, information or otherwise talk to me on twitter see me on twitter anything like that i will be more than welcome to help out with that i'm sure anybody here now that they've sat through my spiel if they already heard it the first time will uh will be more than welcome to or or more than happy to help out again
0: so i'm still i'm still stuck on the fact that we have dead sphere scrolls now
2: (laughs) yeah you're so proud of yourself for
0: that one. <laughs> <laughs> come in, come on. Like, come on. It's a good one. It's a good one. He's been
2: in chat for like the last 10 minutes because he came uh-huh. up with it.
0: <laughs> it's a good one. It made Beard it laugh. A it's good a good one.
2: one. You'd make Justin proud.
0: Yes. Oh, man. Well, Should we and, do Shadow? Yeah, I was going to say. Um, I know this is going to be maybe a longer one. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I always like, I always don't want to edit down things. Um, but, um, yeah, let's do shout outs real quick. Beard, do you want to go first?
1: Yeah, I'm going to say we may as well kill my throat at this point. Why not? Um, so my, my first shout out, uh, would probably have to go, honestly, towards my community because it has been over a week since I have posted anything. And the patience and understanding uh, that all of you have had with me cycling through uh, this, this basically extended break period that I've decided to take uh, has, been, has been helpful. Uh, it's not burnout per se. Uh, it's frustration with a lot of stuff that's happening in life. Uh, and it's also a lot of stuff that's just been happening with me creatively that I'm, I'm starting to feel kind of like my the fog that I've had over me for like the last four months. Uh, if, if I had to track it down to a time, start to kind of lift. So again, I appreciate you guys, as always, for supporting me in any regard. Uh, as my community, at least, it hasn't been like teetering off. I I love how people say Destiny's a dead game. Uh, my community has been growing, and it's small enough as it is, and I'm I'm more than thankful for that, uh, even in my absence. So thank you guys again for for everything that you do for me. Um, and my my other shout out uh, would I, I I actually think it has to go to my dad this week. Uh, he has put up with a huge amount of bull, uh over the past like couple weeks, uh, just between work and doing a lot of stuff with uh, with, with uh, over here at home, uh, and then also trying to make sure that I keep up with everything uh, over here, especially with like my health, my mental health, uh, as well as also uh, making sure that I eat properly because I haven't been recently. Uh, and he's uh he he understands how that creative uh feeling can kind of be uh, since that's kind of like how how he is very much as well uh like we're it, it, it's it's a joke that we have because him and i look so similar especially if i chopped off my hair now at this point and got rid of my beard we would almost look like brothers uh, very you know younger and very uh, uh large age gap brothers but He's, he has always been the person, granted, yeah, it, it's family, it's my father, but he doesn't, I, I'm 31 at this point, the guy doesn't have to look out for me at that point, like I should be looking out for myself, and he, he still does such a good job of making sure that I am doing what I can. So, big shout out to him uh, for helping me as I'm sitting here and here in tears, because uh, I don't know what I'd do without him, I really don't. Uh, yeah. I, well, and that's how you know, I, that's
0: how you know it's a good family.
1: Mm-hmm. yep yep i i'm blessed with the fact that i have very good relations with my family and i count that blessing every single day
0: that's a good thing to have
1: yep. definitely a good thing to have
0: uh green what about you
2: uh my shout outs this week uh my first one goes to saint 14 they're doing a Charity event coming up on July 7th for St. Jude's Hospital. That's their next charity fundraiser that they're doing. Also, fun fact, they're, they're work it's in the works currently. St. 14 Project is doing a PvP. Uh, it's like a mini tournament. It's basically just a brawl. They're going to throw us all in the same area and they're we're going to brawl it out. No, not quite that much, but they're... They're putting together teams of all Hunters, all Warlocks, and all Titans to do a which class is better tournament to help raise money for also St. Jude and whatnot that way. They're also doing, I think that one's for the Trevor Project, which if you don't know Trevor Project, I highly recommend it because it is one that has been important to me. Just saying that, if you don't know what it is, go look it up. Lastly, my last shout out goes to Happy Pride for anybody out there who are listeners, who are part of the community or supporters of the LGBTQ community. Happy Pride Month to you guys. I'm doing that shout out because it is the end of that month and I'm missing a Pride dance to do the show this evening. And Julie has been sending me snaps of my buddies dancing and being goofy and silly. so. Happy pride to everybody out there, whether you are part of that community or not blue uh
0: really just a big shout out to you guys this week uh you guys you know you might have noticed green and beard really took the, beard. the brunt of the show <laughs> um, beard. and and that's really been really actually been a nice thing uh for my personal schedule uh because it's not been it's not been a pleasant one this week. Um but I really appreciate that and so just a really big thank you for that. Also as as kind of Beard has already said, you know, the community in general has really just been really fun. Um you guys have with the top 3 thing and um, recently just I don't know. It's it's kind of nice to see the positivity. Um, mm-hmm. I know we kind of talked about this behind the scenes a lot, but the social media aspect can get really draining, especially in today's environment. You know, I try really hard yeah. not to not to bring politics into it, but you know, if you'll you know what I mean. Uh, if you if you've been on Twitter in the past three days, you've probably seen what I'm talking about. Um, yeah. It's really hard, and it's nice knowing that there's an environment that. Even if you don't agree with someone's, you know, political or whatever, agreement or views, there's a safe place to come and just have a positive environment. Because at the end of the day, um, we come together over a game that you know, it doesn't really matter what your political views are. Um, exactly. So I really, I really appreciate that. I don't think the communities get enough of that compliment given to them uh it's it's not something that is taken lightly by any of us who help manage those communities um it's not something that is is not seen it's not something that's ignored and we we recognize it and we deeply deeply appreciate um your willingness to allow positivity to thrive in those environments um right. and and that and that to me especially this week has been a really really big boon Um, to have, uh, but yeah, so that's, that's pretty much my, my shout out. Um, I believe purple obviously had to take off due to a little light, uh, not, not wanting to, to go into sleep mode.
2: Take a Um, nap. Take a nap, kid. <laughs>
0: um, Actually, which, no go to which, bed. Yeah, which which I completely under. My my wife has been texting me this entire time, and our our little one has been doing the same thing. So, completely mm-hmm. understand. Um, but she did want me to give a shout out to Aaron, who I believe just got done updating the Ares one uh, summary over on Ishtar. Again, yes. we we try to link those all in the show notes, which apparently I am supposed to stop asking questions. So I'm I'm proud of all of you for weighing in on that poll. Yeah. Um
2: <laughs> Barely. It was Barely. like forty-six yeah, like, percent to 46%. It wasn't, it wasn't wow. like 1%. It was, it was like 1%. Yeah,
0: it was really funny. It was
1: funny. super close. Um, I was joking with going. Uh, oh, no, the no. I, I put it on there entirely. and I'm like,
0: I'm going to be surprised if this one doesn't win. Actually, it was my yeah. entire thought when I put it on there. Um, <laughs> and and the really reason why is that is because I'm I'm trying to figure out where the best place everyone prefers to read and to interact with us is. Whether that's you know obviously I can't put the full show notes on Twitter, um, but I don't want to make it where it's like hey you need to go to this site or this site or this site. It's like I really kind of want to centralize that, and so that's kind of where that that first step is kind of trying to figure out where that is, where people prefer mm-hmm. that mostly. Um, obviously we have the website, so it, it makes sense to us to do it that way. But if you if you know a listener out there prefers to do Podbean, please please I mean speak up. Um, obviously the iTunes notes, if for those of you who are still listening, who are listening to iTunes the show summaries that you guys get on iTunes is a very condensed version because iTunes does not play well with, uh, URLs and their, their formatting is, um, how do I put this gently atrocious as far as, as putting summaries together. It's, it's kind of a pain in the butt um so i have to i have to trim down the summaries when we move them over to itunes and uh spotify and all that that all gets really cut down pretty far um so a lot of the links that we mention and a lot of like the affiliate uh links the the supporting links um the additional resources i try to hyperlink all the additional resources that we use on a daily basis for you guys all that stuff is in the show notes so, um, definitely tech, definitely check those out if you haven't in the past, because I think that would also be a good place to get some conversation started as well. Um, beard, I know you had one more thing.
1: Well, I'm going to say before we, uh, close out everything, I don't want to leave the idea of like community out too, too far. Uh, I just wanted to reiterate, like I've had. I've had a number of, of nasty things that have happened to me personally over the last like couple of weeks, and I, I, again, cannot thank you guys enough for like all the positivity that has been coming out of everything recently just with this community again. Uh, as much as like Bungie feels like they're giving things back with Forsaken, and I feel like I'll get the game back again, uh, I feel like this community has just been getting its groove back. Period. Mhm. And it's been a really good feeling to see. Uh so just just wanted to honestly close out on that like just just keep uh keep keep being good to each other uh, as much as I kind of keep saying that message uh it does not go unnoticed. It really doesn't.
2: 100%. It's so so nice to get messages back from you guys. I mean just even random you i know you some people feel really awkward saying something like you think we hear it all the time but that's not true
0: yeah and that's I... not that's not unique to us that's every i mean mm-hmm. if you go yeah, look at content, content creation content yeah content creators don't get a lot of don't that. read the comments don't <laughs> read the comments there's a reason it's the first rule of the internet people it's yeah.
2: also the reason for a lot of beard stress <laughs> fyi well, I think
0: I'm it's everyone's say, stress. I mean
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. But like uh, me me apparently liking a game is something that I, I have to get bashed for. You know, I mm-hmm. I want to I want to enjoy it and I want to pass my enjoyment off to you guys and instead that's for, for being somebody that wants to interact with a community, that's not what I come home to most days anymore. Uh, so it has been it's been tough for me to create content with that thought so again, yeah. I thank every single one of you for, you know, I've, I've had like three comments this week that have just made me, uh, just, just ball my eyes out because they've been the first nice things that I've really read in the last, I don't know how long, aside from like the, the typical stuff that I've, uh, I've been able to kind of like catch back up on with you guys or interact with you typically. So again, thank you. It does not go unnoticed. It is very appreciative uh you guys are are awesome for what you do because all you do is uh drive me to do better things or as much as i can uh so thank you again and again i just didn't want to let that that point fall off i I think that's where i think that's where we can leave it tonight (laughs) Just, just as much as uh you know hardy and and team had to had to go search for the traveler so sometimes for me it just feels like i i need that uh, that that miracle to to keep going some days anymore so thank you
0: definitely and as always we're going to probably stay for a little bit of an after show so we'll run through outro real quick and then we'll be right back With that, we'll begin to wrap the chat up. Thank you again to those over on Twitch for coming to spend your evening with us. If you'd like to join us for the live streaming of the episodes, please be sure to give us a follow over on twitch.tv slash focusfirechat. Links to our episode archives can be found at www.focusfirechat.com. Please be sure to email us at focusfirechat at gmail.com with any comments or questions for our team concerning the podcast and let us know how we're doing by giving us some feedback and a rating over on iTunes as well. Also, be sure to check out all of our amazing partner podcasts within the Guardian Radio Network over on theguardiansofdestiny.com. So until next time, focus your fire and may your light shine bright.